no chance. What's up, everybody? Episode 39 of the No Chance Podcast, as always. God damn. As always, your hosts, Ryan and Nate. We're in like this really small room right now. So like all the sounds are like super, super sensitive. How would you there's say like, like there's like actually soundproof padding on the ceiling? Oh, shit. But yeah, other yeah it's than like that, a two foot by two foot room. Yeah, it's like we're basically cramped. like a jail cell right now. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> That's exactly what it feels like at, yeah. the, at the moment. Um, thank you guys for listening to another episode of your favorite streetwear podcast currently on the internet. Um, oh, and if we aren't, then... Yeah, fuck you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we got a lot of dope shit on the way. We Like we keep saying every episode, one year party coming sometime around Nate's birthday in August. Shit, that would be, that's going to be so fun. Yeah. I've always wanted to throw a party. Um I just at least just play my own music you know what i mean yeah we, every time we go to uh like a club or, or a bar or something we're always like damn can we just take can over just the, ox on the ox real quick exactly yeah. oh let's speak to last weekend by the way which was a very eventful weekend that, was a, that i think b- both me and you have some great stories from um depends we, on how you look at okay, it okay okay yeah, very we'll talk about weekend. the we'll talk about the, the latter half first we went to a music festival um in oakland blurry vision music festival knocked off a bucket list item which was to see Migos perform bad perform bad and bougie jesus christ i felt i think a tear came down my eye yeah like, i'm pretty sure at I'm least sure for like a, a split second yeah an amazing experience at least just to be there with the homies like i thought like i would go and see you know Migos um by myself i'd be like all right cool i did it but to be there with all the homies you know it made it an entirely different experience so it, that alone was was awesome but Speaking to uh, Nate's experience, what was that like? Ten, not ten days. I was gonna say ten days that straight. Was, so basically, from Tuesday till Sunday, I was drinking every Jesus. single day. Um, I had some family in town. Is your first liver time. okay? I don't know, man. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it just dissolved. Like, I felt some point. like liver pain over the weekend. Yeah. I was like, damn, man, I'm getting old. Yeah, man. This it was bad. Hurts. But um, that's like a I, that's a marathon of drinking. Yeah, I think though. I threw up every day of the weekend. No, you did. Are you Saturday. serious? No, okay, maybe not Saturday, but I for sure threw up on Friday oh, that's and a, Sunday. That's a painful experience. Yeah. That, well. Okay, <laughs> we both threw up on Friday. Yeah, we definitely great. did. Definitely <laughs> did. Shout out to Sake. That is the most. Yeah. Just so. Okay. Side note. Just so you guys know what we did on Friday. We weren't even doing anything. We we're having dinner. Normal dinner. Normal dinner. Twenty dollars unlimited. Um, all unlimited, you can drink. All you can sake drink sake beer for two hours. Had no idea what it was gonna do to us. I had sake a couple times before. It's like it's like a what is it's like a rice, it's a rice vodka rice wine yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's I look just at say it's like a very pansy drink. Yeah, <laughs> let's just say at one a.m. we are literally sleeping on the streets, throwing up on someone's up. like throwing up on someone's stoop. You so. know what I think we should do every episode in the beginning is just recall the weekend prior to shenanigans. Yeah, and just say how fucked up we got. Um, but yeah, there was a moment um, on the day that we went to go to this restaurant where. I really, really, really wanted to hear the new Playboy Cardi album. They were playing music over the, uh, over the, uh, what you call it, intercom or whatever speakers yeah. they had in the restaurant. And I asked the ladies, like, can I play music? And she's like, yeah, sure. And that's the first time, like, that's ever happened to me. 
uh, put in a phone, played some music, and that's literally what inspired us for this next piece, which we want to proudly announce. Obviously, it's not as built out as we want it to, but we are going to start a weekly radio show that sort of coincides with the podcast. So just music that me and Nate are fucking with. Like it's, it yeah. can't be any more simpler than that. You know, yeah. we'll feature uh, friends of friends who are like DJs. They have mixes. We know a lot of people that are, you know, super talented in that space. So why not create a platform for them too? You know, not yeah. just people who are into clothing. So yeah. If you want to make a mix for us, let us know. Hit that'd us be cool. We, we can't pay you anything. Yeah, yeah. 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 We'll give you a, if you got like a, like a DJ tag, you know, like, like a, one of those a Metro boom. Yeah. yeah we'll whatever, throw, one those, we'll yeah. throw one of those. Yeah. But yeah, uh, stay tuned at the very end of this uh, podcast we're gonna feature you know maybe like two or three songs from both of us that we're super into as of lately um i've always wanted to host a radio show i was told one time i got a radio voice like one of those like uh low rider oldies you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but sure. yeah let's get into some fucking streetwear yeah. um it's been a long time. Actually, I haven't been on my phone uh, for a while, so I haven't had the chance to catch up on anything up to date. But um, yeah, also because of Friday night, I uh, broke my phone. That's yeah. the first time that has ever happened to me. Uh, knock on wood. Um, luckily, I had insurance. Shout out to insurance. It's very, very important if you are the clumsy type. Um, I definitely was the drunk type or the drunk type, yeah. which I happened to be that night or yeah. both. <laughs> that's, Ooh, that's a match made in heaven for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything within the news that you had a chance to catch up on that's like, like, or I mean, we went to the festival, we noticed some stuff yeah. like, just like, what do you call it? Like some, um, some investigative type type stuff when we were yeah, at the festival. I felt like I was a reporter for like NBC or something. Like, <laughs> we saw a lot of people. Um, and I can sort of speak to like, uh, being at Coachella, we talked about Coachella, right? Festival yeah. outfits. Coachella was weird. It, 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 you couldn't even like pinpoint it on a particular type of outfit. It was just very normal. It's yeah. like you buy your outfit the way that is. But being in Oakland, it's a very creative space. A lot of individualism when it comes to how you dress. It, it speaks a lot to, to who you are as a person, uh, which is very, very important. But when we were in Oakland, we saw a lot of just like, it was a lot of randomness. Yeah. Like I couldn't pinpoint any sort of like style. Everything was so creative. I'd never seen it before. Yeah. I mean, there's, okay. To be fair, there's a lot of the same stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah which is, okay. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, but yeah. um, I mean, I don't know the way that you describe Coachella yeah. um, compared to what I actually saw in Oakland. Like it was very heavily streetwear driven. Yeah. Um, so yeah it's very i mean it, it's not surprising but it's a it's a good thing that uh, we were able to witness that yeah um because of coming from coachella it's just like damn where's all the you would think you'd see a lot more supreme you would think you'd see a lot more whatever yeah but just sort of being in the space it's like damn there's a lot of side bags it almost looked as if everybody was like so, sort of had that European style. Yeah, yeah. Just a lot of European influence, like streetwear, like high fashion stuff, yeah. um, which obviously like plays a big part in just streetwear culture yeah. right now or yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you definitely like saw the, like- uh, What is it? Like the super skinny cuff pants, um, or even a like, lot of trainers, runners. Yeah, or even like the really baggy like track pants, yeah. like side bag, yeah. whatever, like a lot of- sportswear inspired exactly. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And there's just overall, I think we sort of see, or I'm more inspired. I don't know about you. You can speak to it after Are you more inspired by like what European 
Europeans are doing in like fashion and streetwear more now than than ever before type of thing. Um, it just seems a little bit more. Yeah, yes and no. Yes, in part because it's it's I, I think it's more interesting just t- yeah. taking in someone else's perspective, um, especially someone from e- or people from Europe. Yeah, you know, like they have a totally different way of dressing out there. Yeah, um, so I think it's very interesting in that regard. You know. Um, just would, because a lot of it's different from what I normally wear. Would you say in terms of just culture, like as a side note off of off of clothing, but would you think in terms of just culture in general, Europe is one of those where it's like completely like completely different than what we're used to as Americans? Like obviously if we were to go to an Asian culture, there's something because of our heritage of being, you know, Asian Americans, there's something we can relate to in that sense. Yeah. But going to Europe, did like you went to Europe, did yeah. you sense anything that was like slightly like kind of new other than like the language barrier i mean you know this book a little bit english right to be quite honest like when i went to europe i didn't really see much in terms of like streetwear yeah only in like very select places but even then it is different but you know i think now it's starting everything's starting to become more and more alike which isn't necessarily a bad thing it's just you know a product of the time that we're living in um but yeah i don't know it's just can I relate to it? Maybe, maybe not. It just really all depends, you know? Like, yeah. a lot of the times people out there take influence from us here. So yeah. it's like, it's always this back and forth, this sort of like um, play on each other, yeah. if you will. Yeah. So basically, Nike recently, in, in, it, in like an article that I had seen, um, Nike ha- is using European influences to push particular models um, within their company. Um, not models in terms of person, but models in terms of like footwear. Yeah. We see, um, but in the past, we see a lot of silhouettes super popular in, in Europe, right? Like yeah. the whole skepta mindset of like tr- runners and trainers being super big, Air Max BWs, Air Max 97s. Yeah. Um, and mind you, these, are, TNs these are like silhouettes that maybe weren't so popular here in the US, but for whatever reason, they were really big in the UK and. Yeah. France, Italy, whatever, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So in that regard, I think there is a bit of like a cultural divide. Yeah. It's um, pretty funny, though. I, yeah, it is. I don't I'm not really sure why that is. Yeah. Um, why things like that are so big out there. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, you think it's, it's interesting. That, just that idea of adopting something that's not cool or not mainstream, you know? I don't think it's that. I think it. I don't know. I can't say definitively yeah. what it is, you know, like it's just it's different, but I yeah. don't know. I can't necessarily. So kind of kind of going off of what Nike has been doing. They just put out a, a campaign recently where they sort of used um, I follow her on Instagram. She's like a notable Instagram influencer known for just having a large sneaker collection. Air Max is I found her from that thing they did with um, the Air Maxes in different countries. Uh, mini swoosh? Not mini swoosh, um, uh, I forget her name. Yeah. But they, they did this um, sort of Air Max day celebration thing where they sort of document people with large Air Max collections all around the world. Oh, she won the contest, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. she did like a 97 or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, okay. But um, they did a, a little expose on her and she's just modeling the shoes and those particular shoes that she was wearing didn't sell so well in America. Yeah. And like we sort of spoke to a little bit earlier is European fashion influence is playing a larger role now yeah. than it did before. 
I think it's like a really cool play on trying to obviously their goal is to sell something. Yeah. But I think it's a good play of I know you guys are following these European people. You you look at them as like the cutting edge people when it comes to f- style and fashion and sensibilities. Yeah. Why don't we take that and use it as sort of like a benefactor to getting people to buy shit? Yeah. I think as far as like the US being influenced by Europe, that's always been a thing in terms of like high fashion. Yeah. Um, I mean, high fashion essentially was created in Europe. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think in terms of streetwear, it's interesting to see what it's like now since streetwear is such a global thing. Um, it's really cool to see like more people in the US kind of gravitating towards looks in, you know, different area, different areas around the globe, whether it's like people looking to like Asia, like Japan, Korea, wherever, or people looking at Europe, like the UK, France. Um, I think that's really cool. And it's just, I don't know. I think a lot of gaps are being bridged. Like for instance, like football culture or soccer mm-hmm. culture if you want to call it that mm-hmm. is really big that was such an integral integral part of streetwear in europe mm-hmm. and now you can kind of see it translating over here to the u.s you see the collection start to incorporate like soccer jerseys or you know logo logo placements to resemble soccer jerseys i know that um uh kendrick has been on tour around the world or yeah. the country and he did a, a nike and nike collaboration and he released like a soccer jersey looking thing so you can yeah you could sense the sort of influences from all sorts of things that come from europe yeah especially. exactly it's it's how it that's their version of like our basketball culture and yeah. how we put that on such like a high pedestal yeah in terms of like it being a part of streetwear so mm-hmm. that's kind of their play on it with yeah. like soccer you know so it, isn't it it is considered the largest sport in the world or the most popularized sport in the world right soccer yeah exactly football yeah yeah <laughs> and an- another thing that i've been noticing is just art in general is starting to become more of like a an accepted thing it's not as niche as it was before yeah with the incorporation of like street art and uh, graffiti artists and artists alone doing collaborations with sneakers and clothing companies which puts europe more on the map because that's where all the fine art really is you know yeah exactly um and i think like we discussed in like previous episodes there's a huge interplay between art and streetwear culture or just pop culture in general like you see it it was streetwear and like street art really grew up hand in hand like for instance you can the most notable names cause you know who else look at the most recent collaboration that uniqlo did with a murakami yeah, like he, they just released uh, under their UT line just a, a whole collection, and it's just like it's just showing that you could go, you know, probably within that festival we just went to and ask yeah. people if they know who Murakami was five years ago. No idea. Nowadays, it's just like, oh yeah, oh well, yeah, yeah, of course, for sure. Yeah, you know, like he has a free gallery. He has a an art piece in almost every pop pop art museum there is in in, yeah. in California. Yeah. It's like free at the broad in Los Angeles. Like yeah. you can see like a fat ass painting, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's like a crazy line when we went down there. Yeah. Or like is that where the giant ass cause companion statue is? No. Uh that's where like yeah, the, the big one. the big Jeff Coons <laughs> balloon is. Yeah. Okay. Like the balloon so animal. The cause yeah, the cause is at like a or the, the cause, cause is one. in LA though. They, yeah, it's, it's like at like some random companion. like 
place. Yeah, but anyway, it's like standing in like a like a in the middle of like work art district or not not even an art district. It's just like a it looks a like it's in front garage. of like a fucking like Kaiser Permanente, <laughs> an IKEA parking lot. Yeah, That'd exactly. Sick. Um, but yeah, sort of speaking on the art thing, then let's transition into the next topic, which um, is a big thing because of the the interplay that we always talk about of of high fashion streetwear and art sort of playing hand in hand. We talked about couture and uh, who had that thing at the Met? Who? The, oh, the, Comme des Garçons? Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. Uh, an entire, what was it? An entire display of their Yeah, it was, um, it was um, basically a retrospective. I think that's what they call <laughs> that's it. That's a good museums one. <laughs> yeah. Of uh, Ray Kawakubo's like past works. So yeah. different like runway pieces, things like that. Um, it was actually really cool. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, obviously, it's not stuff that you'd wear on a daily basis, yeah. but you can yeah. appreciate that sort of fashion as art, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. No, I respect that. And some of the ones that are actually generally interesting to me is when um, you go look at um, like shoe displays now, like when you go Ooh. to museums and you see like yeah. the history of like it's not just Jordans anymore. It's all shoes. Did you catch that um, sneaker exhibit at the uh, Cal Museum? Uh, it's in Oakland? Museum? In Berkeley, uh, near Lake Merritt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. It was really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, it was cool too. They had like yeah, yeah. the original Jordans. They had, I think, the Air, like, Air Mag or something like that. They, they just had, had Cortezes. They had, they had Cortezes. Like, uh, the whole night. A lot of it was donated or like parts of private collections, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. But it provides a better insight into not just sneakers, but the cultural cultural significance surrounding it which is like super sick because when you see shoes you don't cortez especially you don't expect yeah. it to be like oh that's like some weird looking shoe but to the outside person they're like yo the cortez was in forrest gump like it's the most iconic shoe yeah within nike in general they're yeah. like that's a legendary thing? Exactly, you know what i mean like exactly. and it's cool because it, it educates people but sort of speaking on that is um Supreme recently, or this, I think it's this month actually, um, they're going to be hosting, not Supreme, but a outside sort of art collector, art, what do you call them? Curator, Curator, if um, you will. Um, dealer. Dealers. Art dealer. There you go. Let's yeah. just say dealers. Um, art dealers who are responsible for putting together these um, large sales of, of, of artwork ranging from however wherever decades uh, they're gonna be putting on a first which is the largest um sort of sale or collection of supreme goods like an actual art sale like with the gavel bidding yeah all that stuff what are your sort of first impressions on that um i, I mean i think it's cool it's definitely for what awesome. it is yeah. um because i've never heard of you know I've obviously like I've heard of art, art being auctioned off. Yeah. Um, but to see like pieces of streetwear be auctioned off, yeah. like they were like a fucking Basquiat or exactly. something. Exactly. Like that's crazy. Right? Yeah. So if if we sort of look at it like first sort of assumptions is when we think of a supreme um auction regarding art, we think of like their skateboard decks. Skateboard decks for sure. Right. Um those are like the most like highly coveted collection pieces sometimes before like the apparel um but in term in a, in a grander scheme a lot of people love collecting the skateboard decks yeah because i mean they've done collaborations with like several artists whether like big ass yeah like artists. yeah like uh did they did one with george kondo who did i think yeah right they did yeah. um 
he's the one who did the album artwork for Kanye West's uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Really? Fantasy. That's the one yeah. with the like, little ballerina girl? Exactly. Exactly. So he's the one who did that. They collabed with him. Um, who else did they collab with? They did with a Damien Hirst, Damien which is Hirst, one, of the yeah. mo- one of the rarest ones yeah. currently. It's the ones, if you guys don't know, it's all the, like, the little colored dots. Yeah. You wouldn't think that's like the very significant, but compared, like, for what he does, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, they've done... Um, they had a Kermit the Frog deck. I don't know. Do you know who plays Kermit the Frog? There's like a, a certain name for that. No. Guy. Kermit the Frog. Okay. Kermit the Frog deck. That was really cool. They had a um, the one for Power, Corruptions, and Lies. Oh, uh, the guy who did the... Um, it's the one... The fucking who did the, the New the, Order. Yeah, the New Order. New yeah. Order, uh, New Order album cover, whatever album that guy's cover. name is. Sorry. So they, they obviously have a very good understanding of who does what in you know the art world yeah um a lot of very very notable names we've only named only three but there's a lot more you can see it when you go in their store they have every single deck that they've ever made um but basically the art auction i'm gonna call it an auction spans over the 30 years that supreme has been around from the late 80s to current day which i'd say like yeah 30 years um the way that they describe it though is really really interesting they say it's it's um it's less of a, an art sale yeah right so I, I guess the money is is obviously not that important but it's more so to put on an exhibit of the trans the transition from decade to decade to decade and how supreme has been able to translate their image through those three decades because if you think about it the 80s and 90s and 2000s 2000s being the drastically mo- the most new era yeah. um, or century century right it's 10 uh, no decade, decade decade um compared to the 80s and 90s them being semi sem- semi similar um but even just looking at that it's you you're gonna see some crazy differences in regards to the pieces that are being yeah auctioned. you can kind of see i think if i mean if you're looking at 30 years of anything you can kind of see um you know through each piece like what kind of era it lived in uh, yeah exactly exactly so um that'll be really interesting to see uh just compare like past and present yeah you know? and it's cool because it takes away from this idea of selling clothing yeah and and turns it into supreme sells like statement pieces because if we think to like each decade yeah i keep thinking decades like 20 for some reason if you keep thinking of each decade you think of the 80s what was like a big piece that they had put out in the 80s compared to the 90s compared to to 2000s okay that we can like look back to what do you okay do you think that this is good in terms of like does this heighten the value of what supreme is and what they do as a brand does this like increase their you know their reach since you know, like I think they're so. sharing, they're sharing like the same pedestal with like a Basquiat or exactly. like a, you know, whoever, yeah. whatever artist, you know, obviously they're Supreme has more spotlight. like cultural influence now than a Basquiat. Yeah. But I think it's, a, yeah, to your point, they're almost one in the same and how they're, they're being managed by yeah. the, the larger audience. Yeah. It's just like a damn, like I know I can't afford any of that stuff, but it's so interesting to see, yeah. to see the the transition from year, from decade to decade to decade. Um, and we look at the 80s, right? I don't know, I'm not too familiar with Supreme prior to the 90s. Obviously it's late 80s, so it was yeah. maybe like within a span of like two to three years in which they were around. But I would assume more of what they're pushing from around that time would probably be like 
original shop logo tees. Yeah. Um, the for one of the first graphics that they had ever put out is um, they had re-released this for their 20 year anniversary. Um, I think it was 20 years recently. 20th anniversary. 25th. 25th. Yeah, for their yeah. 25th anniversary, they had released. Um, you ever seen the movie The Taxi Cat? The Taxi Driver. Or yeah, the taxi with uh, um, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the first shirts that they put out. Um, I would assume it's the late 90s, so maybe yeah. maybe around that time that uh, that's what they'll be selling. But um, around that time, like late 80s, what was, what was going on? I know New York in itself. It was like you had obviously graffiti. Yeah. You had um, a lot of like um, street art. Street so, art. For instance. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah. You just had it like it, the 80s mm, in New York. Kind of like the rise of skateboarding in the eight, like later yeah. 80s yeah. going into the early 90s. It was obviously um, a lot more grimier, grittier. You ever watch those old video clips of like like a Keith Haring walking around like New York subways yeah. and just drawing? Yeah, I could imagine that around that time. Yeah, that like Keith Haring, shit that was uh, happening. Uh, Basquiat. Mm-hmm. Like New York was a completely different place. Like yeah. during the seventies and eighties, it was pretty you shitty. Walk, you couldn't walk anywhere with without the like the possibility of being robbed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it was like a custom. Like yeah, like you were just used to it. Like on your commute home from work, you're like, uh, I'm gonna schedule out 30 minutes, a 30 minute block of time. Yeah, just it's like, uh, okay, I got my running shoes on. I'm ready okay. to go. Something yeah, happens. But exactly. yeah, it's a, it's a different sensibility in that time. And a lot of, of the legends of today were like the people coming up around that, around that time and around that area. Yeah, because I think I was actually watching like a documentary about Basquiat and it was um, it was interesting because a lot of people actually moved to New York because it was so cheap to live there. Really? Like artists, whoever, they yeah, yeah. flocked to New York because it was, um, you know, it was such a piece of shit that yeah. you could get a house or an apartment there for stupid cheap. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they kind of lived in that space and they kind of built their own community. Uh, the original gentrification people. Exactly, original. right? Think about the melting pot at that time yeah. of like Supreme being in the perfect place at the right time. Yeah. Like um, how they describe the movie Kids, right? Yeah. Well, that's the 90s, but that's sort of like friends of friends of friends of friends being linked together. Yeah. Next thing you know, you have a, a Damien Hurst who just is casually friends with this guy who comes to the shop and you know like how that sort of like natural relationship works yeah and you you never know your friend who's just a painter ends up becoming this billion dollar you know painter 10 years after yeah you just never know at that point so i think that's where that sort of mentality breeds from in the in the late 80s which is you know amazing yeah uh, we transition into the 90s obviously it's like the heyday of of supreme sort of upbringing um to what it's known for for today obviously yeah yeah the kind um, of like real rise of supreme i mean yeah. obviously like it's grown exponentially since then yeah. especially within within the past five years or so but yeah. um that was like the true heyday of like supreme when yep. they f- were first starting out um the culture around yeah it, and skateboarding just culture exactly exactly um, a lot of monumental things happen in the 90s as well um just pop culture pop culture pop culture in general um was on the rise um obviously and then with the the introduction to the internet brings us into the 2000s and i think the 2000s is something that we can speak to the most because of we're obviously living in it yeah and our experiences with supreme 
kind of start within the 2000s range. I mean, yeah. I don't really know about them in 1999. I don't think I was old enough to even, I didn't even think I had a cell phone in 1999. So I didn't have a cell phone until 2007. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I graduated in 2010. So there's a, yeah. there's a big difference yeah. there. Yeah. But if we look at the first introduction to Supreme for us, we think of just clothing, right? We yeah. don't think of the the sort of back end of it of, oh, there's this whole cultural culture behind it. There's all these artists that have contributed to it. It's a mainstay in New York, you know, living. It's if you're from New York, you know, Supreme for the most part. Yeah. Even if you're not necessarily buying their products yeah. or, you know, whatever, like, you know what Supreme is yeah. at this point. It's funny because you know New are. York, you you consider New York to be like a walking city for the most part, right? Yeah. So yeah, for the most part, every time I have ever watched like a like an interview or maybe like a like a radio show or something of a person from New York, they always refer to that line sticking out of this random store. They yeah. always talk about Supreme. So it is like a if you're walking in that area, which I'm, I would assume most people do, you would run across it at some point in your life if you lived in New York. Yeah, exactly. Um I think Supreme in general these days in New York are not. It's just hard to avoid. Yeah. It's so ingrained in like pop culture. Like, yeah. okay, five-year-old, six-year-old, okay, maybe not six, 10-year-old kids are wearing it. Yep. Um, so it's kind of hard not to ask the question, oh, what is Supreme? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And um, with sort of looking into current, present-day Supreme now, yeah, more so than ever, a lot of the pieces that they're putting out are iconic like culturally and societally iconic, um, not even within just streetwear, but into the grand scheme of fashion. Yeah. Um, Supreme Louis Vuitton obviously is that that um, that sticker on the wall of most important things Supreme has ever done. One of the biggest things that they're going to be, I would assume they're going to be auctioning is like the giant ass Louis Vuitton trunks. Those things go for like, don't those go for like 50 tens of thousands G's of dollars or something like that? Yeah. 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 So I would assume that that's one of the main main things that they'll, they'll be auctioning off. But sort of speaking on the influence now, when somebody says Supreme has put out societal and cultural statements, not seasons, what sort of what do you get from that when they when they say that? It coming from an art world's perspective. Yeah. Statements rather than seasons. I think, yes, that can be said about Supreme just because whether you like the brand or not, you can't deny like their impact on culture, whether it's like pop culture, streetwear culture, whatever, you know, um, they've had such an influence on what, you know, what it is today that we consume, whether that's, you know, the rise of like skateboard culture kind of injecting itself into the mainstream or you know, whatever it may be. Um, I think it's hard to deny that. Uh, I, I generally would agree. Yeah. I'm not as, as I've said, like in previous episodes, like I'm not the biggest fan of Supreme. Yeah. Will I wear it? Yes. Um, will I go out of my way for it? Not necessarily, but, would um, you resell it? Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you boys got to eat somehow. Uh, of, of course. But, yeah. um, yeah, I mean it, it would be, I think it would it would be ignorant to say that they haven't had such, like a huge impact yeah. on, you know, today on pop culture. And I would culture say like at this point, essentially me and you are media, right? Yeah. From a media's perspective, 
Supreme releases like headlines, right? They're headlines on this blog, headlines yeah. on this blog. Um, they have Instagram accounts dedicated to outfits with people that wear Supreme. Yeah. Whole entire people's like jobs revolve around dictating what comes out the following week and setting up bots. You know what I mean? Like people make lifestyles surrounding this brand. Like it's it's a once it's like a one one star. It's like a it's it's very special in, in it, the sense of what it is. Yeah, it's hard to think of another brand that has so much influence and so much power. Right? Um, a streetwear brand at that, a brand that sells thirty two dollar t shirts. Exactly. Um, so I think it's a very interesting time that we're living in, yeah. where a brand like that can do all this. Um, and I mean, like I said, whether you like it or not, Supreme is doing. It's always, yeah, it's, they're, yeah. They're, they're obviously a billion dollar company, so they're doing something right. They're in touch with whoever it is that they're trying to be in touch with. I don't even think their intention at the time was to be like, we got to market to this group. We got to yeah. do this. I think they just had the idea and just went with it and had had faith in in whatever it is that they were trying to do. Yeah. And being authentic. All right. Exactly. That's like the the main piece um, w- within Supreme and why people so many people fuck with it is because it speaks it resembles a person that a lot of people want to be, whether it's the anti-establishment type or the fuck the authority type. Yeah. A lot of thing. a lot of people can't be that because they may have regular corporate jobs or, you know, they live in a very, um, what kind of family, a very, uh, forget the word. Um, I don't know. Just a, just a very like traditional family. family, You know, you can't have those types of morals. You can't go out and get a, face tattoo you can't do certain things supreme almost kind of instills that uh, mindset into you without you having to actually take the risks very true which is cool that's why i like that idea of, of saying uh, supreme releases um statements rather than seasons because yeah. of their they're more of an influence now than than actual clothing company they're almost like um shit like i don't i, I can't even describe this it's like it's like an anomaly yeah in, in the larger scheme of things which yeah. is really cool um but I'm, I'm glad that this is happening i wish i could attend i would love to see like i've seen a lot like we've been to round two in in los angeles we saw the gallery we saw yeah. like a, a good enough history of old enough pieces but to hear like to see something from the 80s in any sense of any clothing brand it it's almost like far-fetched it's like what would that even look like yeah you know, like the 80s is such a far away decade it's just it doesn't yeah seem i'm like, like i'm relevant. like a big history dude too yeah. so like it's always interesting to see clothing from like different eras yeah whether it's like supreme or not like i'll see clothing from like the 1900s i'll be like oh shit that's so exactly sick. right like, it's yeah. like what the hell how the hell did you wear this yeah, or like yeah. what type of person would wear this yeah and exactly then, but yeah just that that overall thing of of how streetwear is now becoming more than itself yeah. i think is really interesting it's it's becoming more than just clothing it's becoming yeah. i mean it always has been a culture but now people are recognizing it as something that is you know actually really influential yeah. whether people have realized it five years ago or they're realizing it today you know what i'm saying do you think so. that they would ever start the first history of supreme course in any school no 
You don't think so? No. Okay, maybe. Maybe like a random like one-off. Like a random like, junior college in, in yeah. the Bronx or something? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, well then how about this? You know what we should start? What? A streetwear museum. Whoa. That'd be tight. Yeah, let's let's talk about that off the air. Yeah. Just so nobody else gets the, gets the idea to, yeah. to steal that. Um, we should become the first... Art you know, like historian. the museum of ice cream. <laughs> oh shit! Like you could, um, like almost like try on clothes yeah. or like like an Instagrammable. Yo, like, that would be museum. sick if you combine Yo, all the aesthetics us. for all the dope streetwear shops yeah. into one. Charge it up. Woo. All right, all right. Hundred dollars a head. Hell yeah! <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I think that. I mean, the whole premise of the episode was to sort of speak on this relationship that we always talk about. Um, we talked about in the last episode about just Supreme becoming a billion dollar company um, and the mixture of, of art and high fashion and and how there's a whole nother world for a lot of this other shit that we had no idea about. And the fact that it's slowly meshing into our little streetwear world makes us almost like like art historians like yeah we're almost like we almost become more knowledgeable when something that we think was like almost kiddish in a sense becomes more official very true it makes us it makes you feel more revered, like okay that wasn't know? just like a dumb hobby like right it actually means shit now you go to an auctioner and you're just like oh yeah like you're wearing supreme and he's yeah. like you know that sold for like you know 2000 you know last year and i'm like oh yeah tell yeah. me more sir tell me more <laughs> you know i think overall um makes us feel a little bit better exactly um, Cool. Um, before we end, before the podcast ends, obviously we got to say thank you to everybody that's been listening to us since the very beginning. We're almost at a year. We're at about 14,000 listens, which is crazy. It just keeps going up and up. And it's nice to see that every episode, there'll be more and more listens than the previous one. And at the rate that we're going at, we'll have a billion by the time, I don't know, at some point before we die, I hope. <laughs> But yeah, let's let, hope so. Let's, um, like we said in the beginning of the episode, we are starting a, um, like a radio show, just music that we've, we're fucking with, um, a way that we can sort of play music, chill out. I mean, we're always chilling out anyway when we're hanging out. So yeah. why not play music that we're, um, that we're super into? So we're doing our best to practice our radio voices. Yeah. We're trying to be a well rounded group of individuals, yeah. you know? No chance isn't just a podcasting yeah. group. We're we're a collective, you yeah. know. Right? Yeah. So let's get into the first uh first song. Let's just do it. All right, yeah. All okay. right. Here's All a right, snippet to the first on. uh first ever radio show. I uh, hope you guys enjoy and uh we'll see you next week. Yo shout out to all my hip hop heads. If you know this song, shit, make sure you sing along. If you got a dirty girl in your life, shout her out. Oil 
world changed for my girlfriend's car but by the time i left i was short of breath and broken hearted there she was bent over a motor dirty cap with a ponytail that sat between her shoulders with an oil streak that must have kissed your cheekbone thick and voluptuous i wish that we could be alone i would love to touch you rub you see what's covered up under that greasy blue jumpsuit standing there holding that dripping dipstick with a firm grip yet so delicate and the way you took that orange oil rag and wiped it clean is guaranteed to get repeated in my dreams you make me wild feels like puppy love got so lost in your smile when you asked me what the mileage was and if i ever learned how to change my own oil promise that this customer is gonna remain so loyal Times 20 times 20 the price You don't do math 8 million and nice And yeah, I got more to tell Must be bored as hell Electronic jewelry, I need a Doracell Battery AAA Where the icicles lay Beat you with a wiffle bat All over a nickel plate Girlfriend, my girlfriend Got the nickel plate Right in the bride Chronicles a killer, and don't smoke cause the chronic it'll kill you. I'm a monster and gorilla that'll conquer for the skrilla. You will get an invoice, you vomit in the villa, and do your thing, do your thing, do it. This is your thing, do your thing, do it. Do your thing, do your thing, do it. Do your thing, do your thing, do it. Okay, here's the Nate song. Yeah, it sounds like some shit people from Pacifica listen to. Very surfer vibe. Always get a warm feeling when I'm with you. Like I'm a kid again. Just playing in the rain. And lately I've been living in the daydream. Just a card in the day I guess I'm stuck in my way Never had nothing that was sweeter than a mango No chance radio Oh, it's happy 
Chance Radio. Shout out to you. We'll see you next week. Peace.